0: Hello, Listen Steven listeners, and welcome to the Content Warning. This show in general is explicit, and this episode in particular contains discussion of abusive relationships, eating disorders, addiction, alcoholism, rape, drug use, graphic violence, and gore. It's pretty heavy. If any of these topics are triggering for you, you may want to give this episode a miss. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy the show. Well Welcome. Welcome to
1: Steven, Steven, Wilson. Stephen The Stephen, hey, Stephen King Book Review Podcast. I'm Lily. Ah,
0: and I'm Margo, and I'm so proud of them. <laughs> Didn't even mean to start it. But then they did. It was so good. Then you did. Um, what are we looking at uh, this week? This week, we read Kujo. And how was it? Uh, you
1: know... It was good. It was an emotional journey for me. As I think it usually is for people.
0: I don't think... Kudo's, like, not a good beach read. Even for me, right? So here's... I actually had a different experience to your read. Because I was reading this, and I was very surprised. I had a really nice time. Which, like, we'll talk about. But, yeah... I really enjoy it. Uh, It
1: just, it reminds me of, like, parts of my life that I don't want to go back to. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's a little similar for our boy Stevie. Mm -hmm. Not quite, because he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember it! (laughs) Uh, So he likes it, because he can read Kujo and have have a fun time like the rest of us. Mm hmm But at the same time, I'm sure he reads it. He's like, man, I... I'm glad I got
0: help. Yeah. It was really interesting reading this because I think that there are a lot of his issues. So this is the second time I have read this. And the first time I read it, I think I just knew of it as like, this is the one about the rabid dog. And when I read it, I was like, or before I read it, I felt very like, this is a dumb premise. Like, what do you mean? Like, these people are trapped in a car. Like, it's a dog. It's like, it's just a dog. But then you read it and you're like, oh, no, it's um, the first note that I have is literally, everything is terrible. Um, Because reading this the second time, reading this the first time, it was very frustrating. And reading this the second time, I sort of expected to feel more or notice more of what we now know was going on in Steven's life when he was writing this and sort of yeah. his experiences and now that I have my own experiences with substance abuse struggles, etc. Um like I expected it to come up to the surface a lot more. And it really didn't it stayed sort of as an undercurrent for me, and we'll talk about this when we get more into the discussion, but what I was struck by is, like, this book is soaked in anxiety. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, it's so... Everyone is worried about something. Like, everyone is dealing with irrational fears and, like, doing things that they don't really understand why they're doing and being powerless to get themselves out of certain situations and whatever, but it all stayed sort of very metaphorical for me versus like I connected a lot more to the Stephen King book with an alcoholic character that was like openly about alcoholism and this one was sort mm-hmm. of like it was all on the back burner for me yeah I don't so know. it was very it was odd I mean I'm sure that as we discuss things I'll sort of get more into like oh and this is a thing and perhaps pull things together but sort of as I was reading this it was it was very like I
1: yeah I do think it has a lot more explicit representations of like alcoholism addiction like just straight up it's like this guy's an alcoholic we're just mm-hmm. going to talk about it very openly um yes. and this is definitely a lot more metaphorical mm-hmm. but I don't know I think I think you can read it very, like, easily, but then... So the context of my first reading, which I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I, when I was younger, was in a outpatient rehab center for eating disorders? Because I have one. It wasn't for fun. I didn't just, like, go there on Tuesdays for, like, a good time. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> really? And it was an okay time. So the people sure. there were really great. Um, uh, the fellow people in my position were great. The people who worked there were like fine. I don't know. I hated them. They were probably actually fine. I just hated them. I was an angsty teenager. <laughs> um, and one of the girls who programmed with me heard that I liked Stephen King. I was talking about *On Screen* or something else, right? She asked if I'd read *Fujo*, and I was like, "No." It sounded super boring because it does, right? Because the back of the book makes it sound a lot more interesting, but in, you're right. Like I heard it about it, like you had, where it's like that's the book about the rabbit dog, and like the lady gets trapped in the car with her son, and the rabbit dog is like outside and they're they're stranded.
0: And yeah, it gets described to you, and you're like thrilling, Woo. But then yeah. you read it, and you're like, oh wait, yeah.
1: There's, there's a lot of terror in this different. actually. But she was like, oh you should read it. I think you would really like it. I've been rereading it while I'm here. And I thought it was really, really interesting. And I was like, okay, and this was somebody that you and I trusted a reasonable amount. She and I had, like, a good amount in common. You know me. I'm, like, weird with recommendations. And i would be like... Mm, no, it's very true, Can you show though. me a like, list of references of, like, prior things you've liked before I it's watched this?
0: very them? true. Like, there are people who I deliberately, like they'll tell me something that they liked and they'll be like okay but you also thought that this like x thing was amazing so like perhaps it's true but I gotta be careful with your opinions like someone who I follow on Twitter I mm-hmm. still haven't been to see Rocket Man, even though I really want to and it's almost out of theaters but um at time of recording anyway but there's one person who I follow on Tumblr who is like in love with Bohemian Rhapsody and I'm like, and they also really like Rocket Man. And I'm like, okay, I need about three other opinions because Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. is very bad. So no, I absolutely understand. Like, you need to, you need to know, like, if in order to trust a recommendation, you have to like trust the person who's giving it to you and know what their opinions are on other things.
1: Yeah, and I'm very like, I, don't, I think you and I are both very like, picky. Oh, yes. It's like, I don't like most things. But I trusted her opinion, and it was a Stephen King book, and I did already mm. like Stephen King. We've talked about that yes. before. Like, that was right after my 13-year-old binge read of everything Stephen King at the library. So I got it from the library. Support your local library. And can I just quickly read to you the back of my copy, which is... From what I remember of being fourteen years old, very similar to the back of the copy at the library. If oh, not absolutely. the exact same copy. I don't know if they've reworded it over time, but this is about what I read. The ultimate beast is loose, and Stephen King is sending him your way. Which sounds like a direct-to-video commercial.
0: It really does.
1: <laughs> a big, friendly dog chases a rabbit into a hidden underground cave and stirs a sleeping evil cooler than death itself. A terrified four-year-old boy sees his bedroom closet door swing open, untouched by human hands, and screams at the unholy red eyes gleaming in the darkness. The little main town of Castle Rock is about to be invaded by the most hideous menace ever to savage the flesh and devour the mind, Kujo. Doesn't that sound like something that's a lot more, like, fucking terrifying than, like, what happens?
0: Try not to cut yourself on all that edge, my dude. It sounds,
1: like, a little bit like a description of, like, an it scenario.
0: Very, much. like, they yeah. uncover
1: this horrible monster named Cujo, and he, like, starts yeah. attacking the whole town in, like, weird, spooky ways. That's what it sounds like. So I read that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds dope. She was right. Like... This will kind of bad out. No, none of that really happens. It's all about just intuition.
0: Yeah. Like, that's it. Really it. Is. Like,
1: it's like, Tad sees this monster in his closet, and it's like somehow a weird premonition of the horror that they're about to encounter.
0: Yeah, this is like, trust your intuition, the fucking novel. Like,
1: I don't know. In general, I do think the, like, Here's a nice, normal thing, like a dog. It's so fun. And then it's like, actually, it's terrifying. Can be done really well. And I do think it is done well, you know, in this book. But a lot of times Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's just a a dog with rabies. Like, that sucks. But I I don't know. Like, generally speaking, I wouldn't be afraid of a dog with rabies. I have a healthy amount of fear, depending on distance to me and, like, if I have anything. But I don't sit around and, like, think about dogs with rabies. It's true, yeah. I I mean, I have lately, but only because of this. So, I was reading it, and I really... There's one point early when they're trapped in the car, and Donna basically just starts chanting, like, don't lose control. Like, her inner thoughts, italicized, mm-hmm. like King likes to do. And mm-hmm. she's just... She'd been doing it a couple times in the book already. Um, where she's just like, don't lose control. <laughs> don't lose control of this, Donna. You need to keep control. And I was like... Oh yeah, you know, I feel that Donna, I get you. And <laughs> a lot of Donna really related of the like I am unhappy and I am just gonna fuck it up. I'm just gonna take my life. I'm gonna fuck it and, up.
0: Yeah, that's very true actually. That was one of the things that did resonate very much is like, oh I'm gonna look at my nice little life. How about I just blow it to shit? Yeah, and like she didn't have a lot of control with it where she's
1: just, like, mm-hmm. fuck. And then so now she's terrified of losing control again in the car because, obviously, like, if she doesn't try to keep control of the situation, her son would die, right?
0: hmm
1: Yeah. Um, but even before that, like, in that awkward space between, like, Vic finding out and, like, them leaping from the shop, she says it a couple times, it's like, girl, I get you. And then, like, the feeling of being trapped really resonated, but also who, like, did always try to be a good dog. I know! And it's, like, there's this thing thing that's living inside of you that's, like, pushing you to make these decisions, and you don't want to, you don't even recognize yourself, and you know it's hurting the people around you, but you just, you
0: just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You can't stop Even fucking human garbage pile useless Man, baby, Steve Kemp has moments where he does that too. Yeah, it's just, it's very, everything. I think we're going to talk about this later, but there's a
1: lot of anxiety. Oh my God. And there's yes. so many control issues. And it just, it really, for someone like in the position I was in at the time, where it's like, I can't stop myself from doing this to myself. And I know it's bad mm-hmm. for me, it's bad for the people around me, it's hurting my family it makes my therapist sad <laughs> you know me uh but like i can't stop myself like i cannot mm-hmm. stop doing it uh at the time especially being 14 years old mm-hmm. and like control is something that you want that you've never had in your entire life yeah and it's like that well here's right a right. way i can take control it'll fuck up my life but i'll have some control but it'll control. be and, like, that'll be I me did. doing it. Yeah. She's like, my choices my life is terrible right now. But at least if I
0: have an affair, that's my decision. <laughs> at least I'm oh, doing it. I didn't have a recommendation, and thanks to this, now I do. So cool. Yay. Huzzah. But yeah, so it was, it was a
1: very rough first read, and I kind of avoided rereading it for a while. But I reread it, and in the last... Three weeks. I have gotten wisdom surgery. Wisdom tooth surgery. I've gotten wisdom <laughs> I got surgery. I've surgery to be more wise.
0: I'm so wise worked? now.
1: <laughs> we we'll um,
0: The wisdom to, fucking radiates off of the screen. Had
1: some really bad reactions to the things they put me on. Uh, moved in, like, a thunderstorm. And... Work is very stressful, and now like my parents are visiting, and it's like I'm reading it, and I'm like, "Fuck, Donna, I want control too." What the fuck? (laughs) You're right, bitch. Don't have an affair; it's pointless. But like, I just was in another spot where
0: I was like, "God, I am so anxious right now." You're right. Yeah, I. We'll we'll talk about Donna because I felt some things. I had some, some feelings and thoughts. <laughs> well, good, because we're on a podcast right now, so. Yeah, we just get to help. bloviate about whatever the fuck for however long we want. Yeah. And our audience just has to listen. That's just kidding. You don't have to listen. But,
1: like, please do
0: so we Please, really like, we'd like it if you did. Here. We'd like it if you if you did. Yeah. But, you know. You'd like it, too. But you have control, so. After my eye surgery, I like. learned but you'll like it. Uh, nope, nothing wrong here. <laughs> uh, so Cujo <Kucha> was published. <laughs> yeah, let's get Nineteen eighty-one, and it was made into a movie in nineteen eighty-three. Um, yes, according to On Writing, which is Stephen King's part memoir, part like. Which I think it's the subtitle is like a memoir of the craft. Um, yeah which, fun fact, is on, like, every single so-you-want-to-write-better, like, list of books you should read. That is a subtitle I how read Ah, yes! I know my random useless tidbits of trivia. Um, anyway, so he says that he barely remembers writing this book, and he read it, and he liked it, and he said that, like, like I sure wish that I could have remembered, that I can remember enjoying, like, the experience of writing the good parts. Yeah. Which is also slightly amusing to me, because I'm like, then what do you think are the bad parts? Because the fact that there are good parts, and you phrased it that way, like, you didn't just say writing the whole thing. You were like, I wish I could remember enjoying the good parts. So I'm like, so what do you think the bad parts are? <laughs> anyway, it's it's Steve Kemp. That's the bad parts. Um, yeah. And also, well, we'll get more in-depth with that. Fun movie fact, which I learned, thank you, Wikipedia, Um Apparently, all of the, the dogs that they had to play Cujo in the film, they were so happy all the time that they were just constantly wagging their tails, so they had to, like, tie them down with fishing line. Aww. Which I think is just... It's just a fun thing in general. Like, if you know anything about dog body language which is absolutely a thing, Um, and you watch movies or TV shows with, like, allegedly menacing dogs, and you can tell that they're just doing their best to, like, bark appropriately. And, like, they don't have the menacing dog posture. They have, like, I'm trying to be a good boy or a good girl for you posture. And... It's like they're supposed to look menacing, but they don't. Like in, you know, Game of Thrones spoilies, but when Ramsay Bolton is being menaced by his dogs and Sans is like, "Oh, they're so going to kill you." Haha. Um they look very happy and friendly. Like they have to add the evil growling noises. Like they're just they're just like, "Oh, I'm going to sit next to you and like sniff your face." And then they'll fix it in post I guess anyway it's like my favorite thing about <laughs> dogs, dogs is that... <laughs> they're yeah. like yeah they'll fix it in post
1: wag wag wag
0: wag 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 anyway <laughs> I love that yeah I do too So much. see Nards are very friendly dogs they are they're All, so like,
1: friendly it's the addition like any movie dog is usually like pretty friendly because they're like so around people and dogs love when you're like here's a task complete it good boy They're like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. But also they had a a type of dog that's already so friendly. Those poor producers.
0: Oh my god, yeah. Like, the, ugh. Jesus. Also, apparently the Cujo, the dog, the person, or company, I guess, that trained the Cujo dogs also trained the Beethoven dogs. Oh. Yeah.
1: That's sweet.
0: Indeed. Well, Which, does? now I want to look up how many Beethoven movies there were. A lot. Too many. Beethoven uh, movies. So. How many? Some historical context. Eight. There have been eight. Eight, eight Beethoven movies. I thought that would take you longer to find. You didn't have too many. I'm very good at Googling things. We've established this. Many people I'm have like, Googled this. Indeed. Did you get, like, the but Google I'm, result, or, like, did you have to... I did get the Google result mm-hmm. because I just Googled Beethoven Beethoven movies, how many? And it said Beethoven slash movies slash count. And it says eight. You know, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't have uh, the Fast and Furious naming conventions. They Two Beethoven, Two Furious. Beethoven was the original. Fast oh, and, and Furious was a cop cat. Anyway, yeah. anyway.
1: 1981. Uh, okay. A bad
0: time. 1981 was a goddamn terrible time. Like, I know we've said this before, and we'll say it again, but, like, the 1980s very much seemed like a good time, but were not a good time.
1: Yeah. Everyone was very, really sick that movie. Really, like, uh, everything's so great, I'm so happy, let's watch Days of Our Lives, and then it's like, I think it was pretty awful so there was a pretty severe early 1980s recession
0: uh. that they
1: entered into 1981 um you might also remember that the 70s were full of recessions uh and then they have like a small break and then they have a minor recession and now they're entering a, a very severe recession and they kind of touch on it like there's a part where donna starts worrying about grocery costs and like mm-hmm. if they'll have to be on food stamps and it's like, yeah, this is a, a really rough time for the country. Uh, fucking Reagan's sworn in. He also gets shot this year. So it's not all bad. <laughs> so like, he survived. At least so. there's that. Um and of course, five homosexual men in LA. Well, the rare form of no, that, that hasn't really been seen before. AKA, AKA The first, first case. Um in the crime department, they're the Atlanta child murders. Uh they've Arrested a suspect that I believe is the first one. that He goes to prison. They don't arrest one before he goes to prison. Sometimes they arrest the suspect and they're like, whoopsies, no crime here, and then they have to arrest another suspect. But I believe they've arrested the one who actually goes to prison for it. Um, There's the Hyatt Regency walkway Collapse, which was a really, really horrible disaster, and Metallica formed, which was another horrible disaster.
0: I was going to say, I really enjoyed the, so on the notes, Lily grouped those three things together, and th- they then started it with, so on the list of crimes, <laughs> with the implication that the formation of Metallica is one of these heinous crimes. It is.
1: Uh-huh. It's pretty bad. Um, just, there's a lot of insecurity, a lot of information can be shared very rapidly, and most of it's pretty rough, but everyone's just kind of ignoring it because, like, hey, the iran hostage crisis is over. And, like, ah, maybe we'll talk about the Soviet Union. No, we're not gonna do that? Okay, well, that's Uh, fine. You know. Days of our lives. Whatever. And, of course, our boy Steven is on a massive cocaine binge for a good portion of 1981, including while writing this novel. Uh, And shortly after it's published,
0: is when his friends and family staging an intervention. Thank you to his friends again. Yes, thank you very much. I believe the details of it were that they gathered up all of the trash cans and just dumped them out in front of him. And And were like, literally, what the fuck? It is a terrible list. I think I still have it up. I was going to say, do you have it? Because it's like beer cans, bloodied tissues, like dime bags. Just taken from his office. Um, it It was
1: just the trash cans in his office, nowhere else. Beer cans, cigarette butts, grams of cocaine, Xanax, Valium, NyQuil, dextro, Cough medicine. <laughs> the technical name for cough medicine. And marijuana. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of uppers in downers. Yeah, that's literally just, like, what they got from his office. Not like any other stashes you might have around the house. One would hope that you wouldn't keep the cocaine just, like, out in the kitchen. That you would lock it in your office. But... Uh, when you're addicted to cocaine sometimes you do weird stuff so yeah <laughs> you might just like put in the bread box and then your small child is like what's that it's fucking terrifying it's really scary so they stage the intervention and it does eventually work he seeks help and puts all drugs uh-huh. uh i'm sure it was not an easy time but this is like what precedes that like this is the worst it gets this yeah. novel in terms of like writing while he's on um, many, many drugs. Mm-hmm. And it gets published and his family's like, We got it. We got it. We can't We got this can't this, this has gone up nope. for too long. He's not listening. Mm-hmm. We have to station an invention. Pretty rough. But yeah. things are, are up from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Until Yeah, things will be up until the late nineties when he will mm-hmm. get extremely hit by a car. But we have, you know, a decade and a bit before we get there. So things do begin to look up after this.
1: Yeah, roughly. it's 99, I think, the car accident. That's what so I thought, yeah. we've got, like, almost a decade of, of good times.
0: So we'll see. Do you want to do a Well, time, no, right? uh, we have almost two decades. Almost two decades. So the intervention's in the
1: early 80s, but it says, like, by the late 80s, he was completely okay. drug-free. Okay. So, okay. I mean, that's a long process. Especially that is a very Things in your system.
0: Yes. That's a lot of very
1: different detoxing experiences going on at once. Especially smoking, I think, is what I've heard a lot of people I know who've gone through recovery. They're like, yeah, I wanted to also quit smoking, but I needed that to get me through this worst thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that's fair. I get it. Yeah. That's, you know, fine. Mm -hmm. Do what you gotta do. But, you know, yeah, still. Maybe, like, a solid decade, decade and a half. Good times before the car accident. It's so sad.
0: It's really sad. Anyway, speaking that sad, let's talk about... Let's talk about this... book. This, this Nightmare Book. All right, so, uh, we begin, we open on, uh, Castle Rock, Maine, where we just were, if you, uh, listened to our Dead Zone episode. We popped in for a quick, quick trip. The Castle Rock Zone. Um where Stephen King spends a lot of time until eventually blowing it up, I think literally, in needful things. But that's, that's later. Castle Rock, we open with uh, a brief little thing about... There was this crossing guard who murdered a bunch of people um, and killed himself, and, you know, he was an evil dude, and maybe he's still around, and grandmothers threaten their kids by being like, ooh, Frank Dodd's gonna get ya, which, like, is... fine. Um, so... <laughs> like, okay. I don't know, like, whatever. I don't know what to say. Like, grandmother's gonna frighten youngins by telling them scary tales. Yeah. It's I mean, um, You can't stop. Whatever. That's true. You can't. Grandma's gonna grandma. So we meet the Trentons, uh, Vic and Donna and their son, Tad, uh, because Tad wakes up in the middle of the night and he is convinced that he has this evil monster in his closet. And then Vic is like, no, I promise it's just assorted blankets and a chair and your teddy bear and whatever. Um, It's fine. Uh, There's nothing there. But then, ooh, in the morning, the blankets are back. Ooh, did he move them? He says he didn't. Who's to say? Um, (laughs) Freaky concept. Anyway, so we meet more townspeople. Uh, We meet the Camber family. There's Joe, who is the father, who is the mechanic. There is Brett, the child. There is Charity, the spouse. Um, And the darling, goodest, most beautiful boy, Cujo, a St. Bernard. Cujo chases after a rabbit one day and he gets stuck in the mouth of a cave and he wakes up a bunch of bats and he gets bit and he gets rabies. Shit. Mm. Um, So this is also a grand traditional Stephen King novel in the way of like we slowly get introduced to people and then it's like oh you know that person? Yeah they're actually a horrible person. Like just a sack of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, very much. So Vic has to go away on a business trip, because um, he's really anxious. He's, like, terrified that he will die in New York City. And he's also worried that about leaving because he thinks that Donna might be having an affair. Uh, then we meet this, uh, one of these sacks of shit, Gary Pervier, um, who thinks about... Like, he's just drinking and hanging out, and we learn stuff about him. And then Cujo shows up and, like, growls at him. He's like, oh, my God, this dog has never been mean to me before, not even once. Um, Donna drops Tad off at day camp. She sees Steve Kemp's car at their house, Um, and Steve Kemp is an itinerant poet and sack of shit (laughs) who, it turns out, Donna was having an affair with Steve, the guy who oh. like stained her husband's desk or something. Like refinished it, stripped it, and like re-varnished yeah. it, whatever. Like and snow. she's, yeah. Anyway, so she's like, "Hey, you're a garbage human, and I'm done with you. Please leave." And then he's like, "Hey, what if I was super violent, and you know, I could just fucking like beat you up or rape you." I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> I'm just tired of this being a thing. Um, so, yeah. and then he's like, he also says, "Oh, if you if you break it off with me, then I'll tell your husband." And she's like, "I, li- I don't care. Leave, please." We learn more about Charity Camber um, that she is married to an abuser, and we learn some more details. Of course, she doesn't think that he's. She doesn't think of it in that term in those terms, but we've all read Why Does He Do That, and we know how to recognize the signs, and he is straight up an abuser. Yeah. Also, um, a
1: pretty bad alcoholic. Yes. As
0: we learn. And also just, like, kind of
1: gross. She brings it up a lot. Like, you know,
0: he never washes his hands before he eats, even though he works on cars all day. You should wash he also, your hands. It's also a big sticking point with her that he eats meals with his hat on, which like fine yeah anyway okay. i'm sorry i just started like dissociating wildly and i realized i've been very bad about taking my meds for the past several days so mm-hmm. pretty gucci yeah i don't know if i sounded more zoned out but i just like started talking about the plot and it was like and now nothing is real <laughs> the world <laughs> yeah. is behind glass i all right yeah i get it anyway. Um, there's a lot of, like, bullet point things that happen in this novel and I don't think we need to go through all of them because it sort of... No. I it keeps on jumping back and forth. The, but important the main thing Don and Vic's
1: marriage is kind of rough. She was having an affair. Steve Kemp does write a letter to Vic saying, like, I enjoyed fucking your life. Doesn't mm-hmm. she have a fun mole or something? And I think it's it the other way work. around, but whatever. What? Yeah, like. Not that it's really important. He's like, well, he writes it. He's like, I enjoyed fucking your wife, and he's like, hmm. No, he could think that's not true.
0: There's he no could proof think here. that anyone sent that.
1: How will I prove it? I'll she has her a mole. <laughs> any questions? And like, Vic is like, yes, I have a couple. He gets it. At I'm work. sorry, like, you just said any questions,
0: office. and I just had a flashback to the david s pumpkins sketch <laughs> any questions yeah A Couple. so they and find they out are and like
1: part he's of all it anyway. fuck up about it and he there's this horrible part where he's like i wish i could just go home and beat the shit out of my wife but yeah, i can't because that. i think that's really bad that. for my son and i'm like holy shit you should jump right into the pond you're sitting at and you should fucking die uh, mm-hmm. it's not okay if your husband ever hand on you, it doesn't matter if you have an affair. Being able to beat the woman you love is not okay in any scenario, and you should never ever tolerate that. Yeah. Any guy who's like, ah, I wish you could just beat the shit out of her, that would make me feel better. And it's like, okay, dude, how about you go to the fucking police? That'll make me feel better. Yeah. Um, but he finds out, he goes home, she kind of immediately is like, he knows... I can tell. He's like, yeah, like, I got a letter. Like,
0: one, the one little tick in the plus column that Vic has is, like, he does pull it together. He's like, oh, the reason why I got this note is because this dude was super fucking pissed off, so she must have ended it. Yeah. Which, like, kudos to him for putting two, to get two and two together and getting four, but...
1: Yeah. He also like, like, has this horrible moment where he's like, I could just take Tad and, like, leave and, like, let her he's like, really, I don't want that. I just want to hurt her as much as possible. And taking away her child is going to hurt her as much as I'm hurt right now. Which, like, mm-hmm. get over yourself. Oh, my God. Your wife fucked another dude. She, didn't, You didn't lose a child. That's worse, okay? That's a worse thing Which to happen. Which they will later find out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly but how that feels.
1: They talk about it, and, like, things are rough. But, like, they want to try to make it work if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Charity chamber, wins five thousand dollars in the lottery, and she's like, "I've been wanting to visit my sister for years. She Literally lives in Connecticut. Joe won't let me go ever, but now I have this money. Maybe
0: I'll I can buy her a out. present. Yeah, she buys him, and i like, leverage it into letting me go.
1: Yeah, she buys him a really expensive piece of equipment. She wants to take Brett with her, their son. He doesn't want to, but she's like, I bought you this thing, and if you let him go with me this week, I'll let him go hunting with you and your friends.'" in the fall, which is, like, mm-hmm. don't. They're probably terrible. Um, she knows that they're terrible. Yeah. But so she's like, she's but like, I'll let it. I'll do it. And then he, like, threatens to beat the shit out of her, but she doesn't back down. So he's like, all right, sounds good. I'm going to go fuck you. Uh, which is, like, how it is, right? Like, it's not like, yeah. let's go have a good time together. It's like, go it's upstairs. Like, I would like to fuck. And he just, like, it's, she's, it's very rough. Mm -hmm. and he does his thing and then leaves and goes out drinking. Probably because he knows they have $5,000 so he's like but she gets to take him to Connecticut and that's very exciting so she plans on Mm -hmm. going he decides that he's going to go down to Boston with his friend Gary who sucks um, and they're going to have like a fuck weekend basically. Basically, They're going to go get drunk and have sex with like prostitutes and see a Red Sox game. To and quote wanna, Frank Reynolds, "Whores." Yeah. Uh, so the upshot is that Charity leaves, right? And before they yes. leave, Brett sees Cujo and he's like, and sees he's that he's like pretty fucked up. He like comes out the fog and he's growling and he looks a little weird. And he's like, you know, I think Cujo might be sick. Like maybe he got into some poison baits or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Charity's like, if you bring this up to your father, if he will use some We will not let it. Like we, not we will go. go. And Brett's like, shit, you're right. She's like, it'll be okay. Like, your father loves Cujo. If he's, he's he'll see that he's not feeling well, he'll take care of him. It'll be fine. Friends mm-hmm. like, you're right. So they're gone, right? Uh mm-hmm. huh. And then Cujo feels Vic scary. Is
0: also gone. Yeah,
1: Vic is about to leave because... on a business trip because they run. <laughs> he does advertising for a cereal company, and their cereal <laughs> was heavily dyed red, and the dye stuck and everyone was vomiting red, and it looked like blood. Like, parents thought their child, ate the cereal, and vomited blood. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's actually just, like, it was the dye, it, like, upset some stomachs, but, like, it was fine. Like, nobody got mm-hmm. hurt, nobody, we got, like, killed. But anything. it was, like, this
0: huge thing, like, and the company to is super embarrassed. And so, so they're, like, trying to figure out, they don't, so Vic and his partner run are like the advertising company that yeah. made the ads for this cereal and so yeah. that's like th- their biggest client and so there's a lot of concern so like, about what they're, they're gonna,
1: gonna do. go Boston New York and like try to make it work and not lose the client he's really stressed out about it he's gonna be gone for like 10 days or something like that
0: hmm and he's also so, like okay this is cool I can go and like we can yeah, figure our we shit might out, figure separately. It out
1: I have some ideas on like how to get this back on track
0: and then he finds mm-hmm. out his
1: wife fucked another dude, and he's, like, all kinds of weirded out. He's, mm-hmm. he's not in a great place He lose your chair, but he leaves. He's not. Charity's gone at the chamber's place. Hamper. Hamper. Camber. 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 Camber, Camber. Yeah. C-A-M-B-E-R. Yeah. So Charity and Brett are gone, and Donna's car has been having some issues. And before he left, Vic was like, oh, you should go to the Camber place. Like, he fixed my Jag the other day. Months mm-hmm. ago, whatever, the other day uh you should you know go there and she's like i don't know like i've been calling and no one's answering it's because like cherry's gone joe was there but he goes over to his friend gary's house and finds that she, Cujo has murdered gary mm-hmm. he's dead and then kujo mar- murders joe he's dead so like no one's at the neighbor house um but donna's car keeps fucking up and she calls fake and he's like all you, you know just like call the dealership tell them you need a tow like just maybe they'll be able to do this and she realizes that everything's going to be really expensive and she's really Mm -hmm. anxious about money because she knows that they might lose their biggest client and then like what will they do so she decides that uh she is gonna go to the camper place and she tries to leave tad at home with a babysitter but he's freaked out about his closet so
0: he refuses to stay Mm mm-hmm Uh, And then Donna's intuition is like, you should pack some sandwiches and drinks. And so she packs a couple sandwiches and thermoses of milk, and they hop in the car, and they barely make it into the driveway because the car is a piece of shit. And then it dies. But they're like, it's okay, it died, but we're here.
1: We made it to the car mechanic. It's fine. Of course.
0: Of course there's the rabbit dog who is like fully in the throes of his rabies and has killed two people yeah. at this point in time. It's been
1: a few days he's completely ravaged by it. Um, mm-hmm. We do get some really interesting perspectives from you, Joe.
0: Yes, we do. Very interesting. Like,
1: fuck this woman.
0: <laughs> Basically. I don't know Pretty why, much. but
1: fuck this lady. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're stuck in the car, but she's like, it's okay. The mailman's gonna show up. He'll help us out. Joe Chambers Cambridge, Canceled his mail Because he was going to be out of town in Boston So the mailman does not come Does not show up uh, <laughs> Sucks Meanwhile Steve Kemp is fucking this fucking bastard
0: Was enough like... that he
1: wrote this note He Is going to show up at the house And probably try to Raven harm Donna realistically Like mm-hmm. he's like I don't know what I want to do It's like Mm, I know. What you're we know. What? Of course, the house is empty, so mm-hmm. he just goes and starts destroying shit. Donna had left a little note about where they were. hard he on, gets of rid course. Of it. Yeah, he's so he's rock hard. He's just throwing shit everywhere. Um, and the narrative is very clear about this.
0: Repeatedly, his erection is described as oh, yeah. being like very serious.
1: Yeah, he is. He's.
0: Granite, right now.
1: It's a fucking diamond in his hands. It's really terrible. Not because it's valuable, just because it's hard. It's not. It's not valuable. Sorry. And Don't then be he sorry. goes upstairs and jerks off onto to their bed. For. Yeah. And then he's like, "Huh. That was kind of weird that I did that."
0: Oh well. And also erases the note that donna left saying that they went to the cambers place and instead writes what like i left a surprise for you baby or something along those lines and then
1: like you presumably
0: would go upstairs and see like come all over this
1: nicely made bed and be like oh my god not ideal
0: Um, not
1: ideal so donna and tad are in the car they're stuck in the car anytime they try to like like, Cujo's like circling it. Like, he is not just like mm-hmm. also present. He is actively a threat.
0: Yeah, he keeps on like ramming himself into the car anytime yeah. that Donna tries to get out, including there are multiple times when she tries to like trick him into drawing. Like, she tries to draw him out so that she knows for sure where he is. And then it goes to like Cujo's POV. And it's like Cujo knew that the woman was trying to like draw him out. And so he waited. Um, there's really interesting stuff with, like, how much he knows and his level of understanding. Yeah, he's
1: a smart dog.
0: a dog. Anyway, so, Vic, Brett and Charity are, like, having a fun time, even though Charity's like, wow, my son is kind of a D-bag, because of his dad, and also I don't really get along with my sister great, but I'm gonna go back and just live this life, because, yeah because um yeah what else and am I so gonna do? pretty much yeah it's very that same sort of hopelessness and powerlessness that donna is feeling and that sort of runs it, it runs through charity's narrative as well it's just all fucking over this novel um it's everywhere everyone's anxious everyone's worried and everyone is helpless to stop themselves from doing something um, yeah so Vic is like really paranoid because he's been calling home and hasn't been able to get in touch with Donna and he's like, "Oh, she's having an affair. She's not having an affair. She's just like not at home. She's having an affair. It's Steve Kemp. It's Steve Kemp. I know it's Steve Kemp." Yeah. Ah. And then she's so like, "Just call the fucking sheriff." My guy, he's like talking to himself, like, "Call the sheriff, figure it out." So, has the sheriff stopped by the house? Uh, sheriff sees that the house has been severely fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Vic is freaking out, so he goes home and is like, Roger, my dude, we have this plan. You're just going to have to deal with it. And then at this point, Roger's like, why did you come on this trip if Donna was having an affair? Like,
1: Yeah, why didn't dude? you tell me? He's like,
0: yeah, like, I didn't
1: want you to tell your wife, and then your wife to tell the entire town. But now she
0: might be dead, so like, let's so, up. <laughs> let's Yeah, anyway, so goes home, contacts the sheriff's office. The sheriff's office is like, okay, we're going to find... Steve Kemp and one of the sheriffs, the head sheriff Bannerman, who we all know and love from the Dead Zone, goes up to the Camber Place to check on the car because they can't figure out what happened, like if Steve Kemp abducted them or whatever. Then why? Where is yeah. the car? Where and is it's the? Like, well, what has happened? happened to trouble. It? She might have taken it to
1: this
0: place exactly. and so like, goes up
1: to the Camber like, Place. I'm close
0: to that. I'll just swing by check it out. hmm Doesn't do the correct procedure thing of calling in when he arrives and then gets very murdered, uh, by Cujo. He's like his stomach, like his, his, his abdomen gets ripped open and he's like holding his intestines in his hands as he dies. Um, it's all very horrible. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, so he's dead and up there and then doesn't come back. And everyone's like, why hasn't Bannerman come back? That's kind of weird. So Vic is like, OK, well, fuck this. Something is clearly up. I'm just going to go up there. So he goes up there just in time to see his wife, who has, like, understandably nearly completely lost. She has completely lost it. Like, yeah. she comes back. But in the moment, she's completely lost it. So seeing his, like, totally out of it wife savaging this dog's corpse um, because she has gotten out of the car, picked up the broken baseball bat that Brett kind of fixed, started trying to beat Cuja with it, ends up, like, stabbing him and then continues to beat him to death. Vic pulls up just in time to get Tad out of the car. Tad, who has had suffering from heat stroke and has had multiple seizures um, and everything, and so Donna... Um, so Vic is like, Hey, Donna! When did Tad die? And Donna is like, I don't know what the fuck you mean. I'm gonna try and give him CPR. Uh, It doesn't work because he's dead. Um, The sheriff shows up. Everything is a mess and terrible. Um, Cujo's head gets sawn off and taken away to be tested for rabies. Yeah, she gets Donna and Vicar horrible um but things are looking up for Brett and Charity um yes. Joe is gone they sell the they have the lottery money they sell the whatever the chainfall that she bought for him they have like three thousand dollars of life insurance policy um we learn that Cujo always tried to be a good boy uh Brett and Charity get a new puppy yeah <laughs> the end <laughs> that's really it it's everything fucking, is terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. Everything is terrible.
1: I love when Stephen King does this in his novels, but he sets up, like, a very, it seems, unimportant detail in the beginning, and then, like, another one, and then another one, and then slowly mm-hmm. everything is, like, snowballing together. It's like So, like, early on he establishes that there's, like, this old lady in town who sucks, but, like, she's always right about the weather. It's like always. It's a big deal. And then she... Says to the mailman, like, it's gonna be the hottest summer ever. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. It so happens that this day that they're trapped in the car is one of the hottest on record. So they are trapped on a car in like this incredible heat wave. And all they have are like thermoses of milk. Yeah. And like, (laughs) they can't roll down the windows.
0: Because Coojo is fucking
1: rabid. Like, she can do like cracks every once in a while. But she mm-hmm. can't sleep with the cracks. She has to, like, stay watching. And you're like, oh, like, that's why we spent so much time talking about the weird old lady who's always writing about the
0: weather. Mm-hmm. Also, like, that's why, oh, it's important that we know what's going on with Charity and Brett because that means that Joe is going to be away, and it's important that Joe is away because, A, he's not there, and, B, um he, like, forwarded the mail, or he said, hold the mail because I'm going to be missing. So the mailman isn't coming.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... What else? It sets up, like, we set up, oh, this, like, his alcoholic friend who's, like, kind of shitty but whatever, who, like, knows Cujo and his son, and then he's the one who ends up being killed. Um, and then, like, and so, yeah, it's, it is very... This is also one of those... It's like the Doctor Who episode, Partners in Crime! In this one specific way, which is that the writer has specifically set out a series of, like circumstances where the characters keep just missing each other and things keep going just yeah. wrong enough the mailman so the mailman isn't coming because joe is away yeah like the um steve kemp broke into the house and erased the note telling everybody like uh that donna wrote saying okay we're at the cambers like all of yeah. these different things it's this series of like the one thing that would save them in like all of these different instances doesn't happen. And it's infuriating, excuse me, it's infuriating to read because like if one of these there are so many like sort of fail-safes in this situation that like should have prevented this, but circumstances are such that like everything goes wrong. Yeah. Instead of like one thing being normal, everything in this situation is out of whack.
1: Or like it goes in a weird like something like oh, like, it's weird that Steve Kemp because his whole thing, right, was like I'm a drifter, baby, like, I don't even care. I'm 38 years old and I don't have a job. Fucking housewives. Great. Right. Um, so he, like, writes the letter that's horrible, and then he, like, pays off his rent and, like, leaves town. And he successfully yeah. leaves town and then he comes back, even though, like, that's not in his info. And he comes back and trashes the house and erases the note, but also, like, if the sheriff had shown up and the house wasn't trashed he might have been like everything looks normal he might not have been gone into the kitchen and seen the note that donna left like he would yeah. have been like yep the house looks fine the car's not here i don't know where she is but mm-hmm. instead like he had cause to enter the home right And was yeah. like holy shit and then like everyone started looking at everything and like if he hadn't erased the note they would have seen the note but if they had, even if he had gone in and seen the note, he would have been like, Yeah, it just looks like she's at the Cambridge house. She'll probably be back soon. Like, they might not even have realized it was an emergency. It would have just been like, mm-hmm. Oh, she wasn't answering the phone because she went out to the Cambridge place. Don't worry about it, Vic. And Vic would have been like, Oh, okay. And like would have settled down for a couple of hours until like you know, a couple hours later he still hadn't heard from her and he'd call him again. Right. Yeah, exactly. So by yeah, then but it would they would probably yeah. both be dead. So it's like, it set it up in a way that made it easier for them to be found, but also much harder, because they were like, it's probably this guy. We're going to devote most of our resources to finding this steve Kemp guy. It's probably this guy. He jerked off on the bed. Come on. It's probably this guy. So like, it ended up being just Vic who shows up right away, and then like, following him. But like, it takes much longer, but not as long as it would have gone on
0: if the house was a trash." Just long enough for the child to die. Yeah, which shall we talk about? Speaking of the dead child, shall we talk about him? Yeah, let's let's chat about Tad. Uh, weird name. It's not even one of those situations where they explain that his full name is like Theodore, but everyone calls him Tad. No, his name is Tad, and his nickname is Tadder. Yeah, like, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, it's this a very, is like, like that's such name. a minor thing, I suppose.
1: Tad, terrible name.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Weird kid. Weird kid.
1: So he's he's four, right? I believe he's yes. four years old. He's not yet in kindergarten. Yes. He's a, like mm-hmm. um, yes, so I guess to talk about Tad, like a little backstory on Dominic. They were mm-hmm. in New York City because yes. you know, Vic is an advertising guy,
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: They had Tad, and then Vic was like, I want to move to a small town in Maine, and start an agency with my friend. And Donna was like, I don't want you to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm scared for Tad's safety, like, we visited a bunch, but like, that's just visiting. I don't- I don't want to live there. Uh, so they move. Mm -hmm. Cause fuck what the woman wants, right? Yeah. Um, so they move when Tad is, is a baby, and she's very anxious for his safety, and I think that probably definitely puts a part in that. Um
0: no, absolutely.
1: Yeah. But it seems like it's going okay. Like mm-hmm. he's he's being raised, but he's like a weird kid. He's uh, like most king children. He's weirdly introspective sometimes. He yeah. has a game he plays where he just like lines up all of his cars with their little people in them in a row and then like Greedo slowly, is his special favorite yeah, which like he, uh and then like moves them all to the other side of his room and lines them all up and then like repeats the process over and over again for like, a and couple of hours and the appeal of it
0: and the appeal of the game is like it's it's basically he's meditating
1: yeah he's just like car number 1 and he plays car number 2 and, like and goes on and just for
0: hours
1: and his parents are like
0: that's okay. Kind of weird. All right.
1: I mean, that's fine. Um, so then he has this incident with the monster in the closet, and he's mm-hmm. he's legitimately like bone deep terrified. And it's fun because we get his perspective in that where he's like realizing his parents are just trying to calm him down, and he's like, "Sure, Daddy, yeah, there's no monsters." And then he like sits there and he's like, "You're fucking monsters!
0: There's a fucking monster in my closet! I know it! I know there's a his parents are fucking such monsters." Liars. Yeah, which is like so interesting. Yeah, just in terms of like, I'm going to. I I don't know. I did. Is that did you ever do that as a kid? Were there instances where like your parents were trying to make you, like? <coughs> I think this is a thing that frequently happens with Stephen King's child characters. Yeah, is that they are aware that like they're aware of their parents sort of as like flawed beings you know
1: yeah they're
0: like in a way that I don't think is exactly like no my parents tell me instead of being like comforted by my parents telling me that there's nothing in the closet and it and especially because like tad like Vic opens the closet and says like look these eyes are your teddy bear's eyes and here are all these blankets and like it's just piled up and it looks that way and instead of it being like reassuring. He's like, I can tell that they're just telling me this because they don't want me to keep, like, bothering them because they don't think it's real. But it's real. I know it's real. Yeah. I never did and like, I was like,
1: yeah, that's probably right. And then in the morning I would be like, yeah, nothing's there. Well, it's one thing, like, after that. So the first night, he's like, um, like, immediately, he's like, fuck you, Mom and Dad, even though you're talking about. I guess I just uh-huh. have to sit here with a monster. And then mm-hmm. he wakes up and, like, the closet door is open again, even though it was closed, and, like, the blankets are
0: moved, and, like, that keeps happening. Which, like, maybe the door just has a shutter lock on it.
1: Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, like, Donna has a couple moments where she's, like, terrified of it, and, like, Mm -hmm. after that, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, like, this is actually maybe happening. I -hmm. get why Tad is not believing his parents. But the first night, none of that happens. Like, his parents show up, and they're like, here's a very logical explanation. Mm Mm-hmm and he's just like, fuck you guys, you're wrong. <laughs> like, angrily sitting in bed.
0: Mm-hmm, as a four-year-old.
1: Yeah, very, very angry four-year-old. He's terrified, he's like, seeing things, he knows it's in there, and you're right, it could just be like, a weird vibe in an old house where the doors don't latch. It's also a weird closet, they talk about it, it goes back yeah. like eight feet.
0: That's Yeah, horrible. it's like a very,
1: yeah. It's, it's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Donna gets locked in it at one point on accident. Not locked. Oh, yeah. in, but the door shuts while she's in there and she's oh, like terrified. As someone
0: with claustrophobia, like Yeah. Every like, okay, every goddamn time I'm in an elevator and it does the thing where it like slows and then stops and like settles before the door opens. There's always that split second mm-hmm. where I'm just like, It's not gonna open, we're gonna be stuck here.
1: Yeah. It's like every and, goddamn like, that time. Would be terrifying for anyone. Right? Yes. Like you're putting mm. stuff away in your kid's closet and like all of a sudden the door sorry closes mm-hmm. and like you're stuck in the dark, like there's no light. And they say like one wall isn't finished. Like it's just like mm-hmm. the stone. And it's like, yeah, it's very it's a fucking, like, house just, of like,
0: leaves closet.
1: Yeah. And it's like we know that certain levels of like electromagnetic radiation or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, if the wiring's not right you're going to feel a sense of dread. And, like, that's a quantifiable thing, and especially if, like, walls aren't finished correctly or if you're exposed to that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, that would definitely happen. That's super Mm -hmm. realistic. Uh, Old houses, they don't have doors that close well.
0: And they make creepy noises and stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, but, like, because he's so terrified and because he has this, like, building sense of dread, which, like, is... Probably he's seeing the future about Kujo, I guess. Yeah, the monster he sees is very Kujo-like. It it's is It's like a yeah. big, hulking monster that's like growling and
0: snarling. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, like I don't know. He's weird. He's very open with his parents. He's like, I know my parents are fighting, and I see my mom crying. Oh, but she's not crying anymore. Time to watch TV. And it's like you dick. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like Danny in the Shining, where it's like, he knows his parents are, like, both upset, but he only cares about how his dad's feeling. Yeah. Like, he doesn't try to comfort Wendy. It's that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, my mom's outside crying right now.
0: But my dad feels so bad well. about it, so I'm gonna feel sad. Yeah. I hope she's yeah. crying in front of me, cause then I'll cry. What else? Tad is, like... When Donna... So Donna has this, like, huge section where she's talking about why she wanted to have the affair. Yeah. Or, or, like, why she had the affair. She didn't even necessarily, like... Did she really want it, per se? Yeah, we could argue Um, with these. Exactly. But so the reason why is because she's sort of, like, staring down... There's this weird thing. I... You know, something about this... Do you think that this is actually a new a new and fun twist on the Stephen King, like, two types of parent-child relationships? <laughs> or is this just, like, having a shit relationship with the child I as think... the mom? Because, like, she cares about him and, like, she sort of... She doesn't like that she's stuck in the house all day having to take care of him, but then there's this thing where, like, once once she... Once he starts going to like the Jack and Jill preschool or whatever, like the nursery school, she suddenly is like terrified that she has nothing else to fill her days. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think like that comes up a lot in June's writing of like mm-hmm. the bored housewife that goes into the terrible mother we see. Yeah. I think like the only different scenario here is like Donna's not religious. Um yeah. which I think is probably what saves her in like King's mind. Where it's like mm-hmm. she's on the precipice, like it's like this is the life laid out to for you and it's miserable. And so like the mm-hmm. other mothers in King's work live that and they're also miserable. Like they're unhappy yeah. and that's why they're so terrible to the children. Not like the um Carrie's moms of the world, but like um mm-hmm. Like the Anne Season's Norton's mom in Yeah, Anne Norton. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of moms. Like, not the super abusive mm-hmm. religious nuts, like, the regular bad moms who just suck. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what Donna has in front of her. So, like, she's unhappy with her life, and because she's unhappy, she'll be a shitty, shitty parent. So, yeah. the solution is to make her not a parent
0: any more.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's weird in that she's, like here's this very typical American life, and I i don't want it. And instead of just saying, like, I don't want this, I want to try to find a job, like, I don't want to just stay at home and, like, maybe volunteer a couple times a week, like, I, I want to do something. And she goes on this whole thing about, like, men always know, like, who they're supposed to be, and, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, men get a choice in life. And it's like, and it's you're like... right, but, like, also... But that's not like an innate thing. Like you could do yeah. it. Yeah, that's like, kind of this. This men they know what they are. They have an an image of what they are. And it's like, girl, you can like get a job too. You want to work in advertising? Like you can probably hook you up.
0: Yeah, there's this like really weird tension that's very frustrating to read. Where like. I actually, except for the part where Vic was like, oh, my wife is having an affair, so I think it's reasonable that I feel like I want to beat the shit out of her. Like, that's pretty fucked up. Hated that. Didn't think that was cool. That's not okay ever, as we have discussed, and I'm sure we will again, because... It keeps happening. Tired. Anyway, um, to quote Leslie Nope, I, sad. But the one thing that I did, I really... Appreciated that she was allowed to sort of have this really long explanation of like what she was doing and what she was yeah. like why she did it. Like I loved that. I loved like where the woman like and especially like in a Stephen King book where like the woman has an affair and like like in in Salem's Lot there's the woman who was, like, in an abusive relationship and so was having an affair and then ends up, like, her husband finds out that she was having an affair and then it says in the book, like, and then she, like, he raped her every night since then. Yeah. Um, And so, like, it's this... But she's already in this hideous situation, but then, like, Stephen King as the writer, like, has the... Like, punishes her in the narrative for this transgression. Versus, like, in this book... Donna gets to sit down and be like here are all of the very real things that I was struggling with and like like I can't explain the logic of it to you because it was all about my feelings like but but please try and understand me and like yeah I don't think Vic is that great a person especially like in the beginning and as it goes on but during that conversation and sort of their relationship feels very much like this is a hot mess, but we wanna try and understand where the other person is coming from and see the other person as a person and like try and try and like heal the thing that we fucked up and keep going. Which like yeah. was very refreshing to read in a Stephen King book and also kind of just in general. And like to, to what degree that is sort of I don't know, I it felt very refreshing and that was that was how I read it was, like, this conversation where she's like, please just listen to me, like, I'm trying to make this clear. And even Vic has that moment where he's like, I found out about this because the dude was pissed because she ended it. Yeah. And I want to try and, like, understand it. So yeah. that actually was something that I, that meant a lot to me reading this. It's definitely
1: a huge, uh,
0: step up. Absolutely. There's still, like, it's by no means perfect, and there's a still there's a lot of shit in it. But I wanted to yeah. at least mention it's, that like it's interesting that's a big that step. like
1: in the previous pain works, and in some that follow this like a woman's sexual transgression is handled brutally, and in this one her sexual transgression is like fine. But, like they're gonna work through it, um, mm-hmm. and, I and then like she does still get punished of, like,
0: because she gets. Locked in a car with a rabbit dog and sun Yeah, her son but dies, it's not like a car. Like
1: in his previous works and in the future ones, like it's very, it's one to one. It's clear. Like, a yeah, very, Fair
0: very is brutally raped.
1: Yeah. Like that's one to, like we match it up. Um, mm-hmm. And in this one, it's really like, it's less of a sexual transgression and more of like a familiar transgression because of the reasoning behind it. It's like, I'm unhappy being a wife and mother. And so she transgresses. And then she, her punishment is that she is no longer a mother like she yeah. failed Tad by having an affair and is like putting their family in jeopardy and so the punishment mm-hmm. for that is well you don't get to have a child anymore you weren't happy being a mother great you don't get to be one um, and, that's... and it's it's very interesting because the focus really isn't on the sex like I mean every scene with Steve Kemp is like look at my
0: phone oh. <laughs>
1: I'm going to have an really is. Uh, There is a mention like,
0: of his boner in, like, every scene in which he shows up. Either the presence or the absence. Is, but, like...
1: He's, he's all about that penis. Also, as an important note, he is 38 years old. He's he 38 goddamn years old.
0: 38 years old, years
1: old and he's described as having bedsheets that are crusted with cum. He jerks oh. off constantly and doesn't wash them. That's a real thing. Like, he thinks masturbation leads to creativity. And so he just oh my God. jerks off all the time in his bed and never washes. Like, they're crusty. Isn't that? He's 38 years old. 38. I thought he was, like, going to be, like, 20. Like a, like a young, fresh out of college kid who's making these horrible choices. No, he talks about it. Like, that's part of why he's so mad at Donna is because she made mm-hmm. him feel
0: old. That's not what I wanted to do. I'm doing some hasty math. Do to do to do to do. 19. Okay. Okay. So when I was reading this, I was like, Steve Kemp? Steve King? It can't be. But also, like, there's sort of traces of the insufferable, like, academic writer egghead that Stephen King. Sometimes writes as himself, and also sometimes writes as a horrible person whom he hates.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the hasty math that I was doing was that Stephen King was 34 when this came out. Um, not 38. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I was curious. But anyway, fucking, he's just the worst.
1: Yeah, he's terrible. But like... Yeah, well, like, other than his scenes, which are all about sex, for her, it's not about sex. It's not. Like, even when she tells Vic, she's like, the sex was, like, not great. Not because, like, I don't know, I loved you the whole time, it was weird, and I wasn't having a great time. Like, it wasn't about sex, it was about trying to rebel against this family role that she has. Yeah. And so the transgression is met with family punishment, not a sexual punishment, which, like... Mm-hmm. Is what is the norm, which I think is interesting, and I guess it's because like, we want Donna to survive, and like King wants her to survive and like move on.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I
1: think you can tell Donna is like a liked character for King.
0: Yeah, like she gets absolutely. a lot of like King traits. Yeah, and, like, that's something that I thought was so interesting is she absolutely is like she. I think think that was her, her. That's no but she does have a lot and she has like that um it was it was really nice to read a book where one of the stephen king liked characters was a female protagonist because i'm getting real tired of these like jerk ass dudes i know and it's just it's very different to read it when it is a woman part of writing like women well is writing them as fully realized characters with, like, good things and bad things and nuance and mistakes and whatever, and so it was so, so nice to read a Stephen King book where not just a female character, but, like, certainly a central female character is very much, like, as you you phrased it so nicely, a Stephen King-liked character. One that, like, he cares about and, like, wants to see do well and is rooting for. Like, that doesn't, that hasn't happened a lot, it won't happen a lot, and, like, that's part of what I liked about her is that there are all of these things where, like, she's written well and with care. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And Vic gets a lot of the, like, Stephen King, like, I'm good with children. Like, Donna gets the classic, like, angry mom who's like, it's your imagination, just stop it. And then, like, yeah. Vic is the one who's like, I'll write you a little, little rhyme to keep the monsters just away. Just saying,
0: the monster words are stupid. They're fucking stupid. They're badly written. Fuck you, Vic. You couldn't do better than that.
1: Yeah, I thought you were the ideas man,
0: okay? Yeah, like, you write advertising copy? Like, what the fuck? Calm down. Oh, yeah, it's
1: just, it's interesting. No like, wonder you're vulnerable. worried about losing
0: your business.
1: I don't know. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me, like, how little of a role Tad really plays. Like, this is about Vic and Donna. The whole thing, yeah. like, the subplot with the affair, like, this is the story of their marriage. This mm-hmm. isn't the story of, like, their child dying. Of, like,
0: their family unit, yeah. And,
1: like, we get, I felt, reading it, surprised at how few,
0: like, point of view moments we get from Tad, whether in the car. mm
1: like, it is yeah. mostly Donna. Oh, yeah! Online. Wow, I did
0: not even think about that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm trying to remember, like,
1: oh my how is many like, there
0: are. For once, a male character, and granted, he's a child, but Stephen King writes very precocious children, a male character is the sexy lamp. Yeah. By which Amazing. I mean... Amazing. It's a child. <laughs> it's a child, yeah. Like, not to say that... You know the child. What the sexy lamp is like, you know. You've written a weak female character if they can be replaced by a sexy lamp and have nothing change. And like, in this, Tad is very much the lamp. Like once they get in the car, he just sort of sickens and dies. He is the Emmy Rossum in The Day After Tomorrow.
1: Yeah, he's just he's just like he's the innocent child who just like sits there and is like I'm scared of monsters.
0: And yeah,
1: like, that's the monster in my honey. closet. He's gonna get me. Look at my traps. I'm gonna do the stuff with him.
0: Literally, he gets in the car. He turns into an object. What needs to be saved?
1: Yeah, we had several moments with him before. Like before they get in the car, we get a lot of his perspective. Mm-hmm. And but once we're in, in the really car, it's just like, like, like it's done. Yeah, and we get his perspective the first time, like the he breaks down, before she takes it. And then he just, like, disappears from the narrative, kind of. Honestly, I'm not fucking mad. It's less stressful. Well, because also, I think that leads to the big reveal of, like, Donna finally, like, defeats Cujo. And then it's, like, he's already dead. Yeah. Like, you yeah. didn't save him. Mm-hmm. You did all that, like, you didn't save your son. He's already, he's already dead. Like, that's a big reveal and, like, a big mm-hmm. moment. Because you're like, yeah, should be the shit out of him. Like, maybe they're all going to be okay. It's like, no, he's dead he's already dead so like we don't we get that it's like more of a moment also
0: also, i know that this is like this is a very deep and serious moment but just the image of vic like rolling up there not really knowing what's happening but just a vague sense of kind of worried only to see his wife who's like lost her absolute goddamn mind beating the shit out of the corpse of a dog her stomach is ripped apart (laughs) She's just, fucked up. And she's like, just, she's like, <gasps>
1: oh, and she's just beat, like, blood is everywhere, you gotta imagine, like, right? It's all over her, it's
0: all over the dog, like, she's flying like, everywhere. Like, I know it's obviously there's a dire dead sheriff. And, like, grizzly as fuck, but also the image is just so wild that, like, there's an element of the absurd in it. It's
1: like, like I don't even know what I would do. And then he's like, hey, 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 where's the kid? And she's just like, car hospital So
0: (laughs) let me go back to beating the shit out of this dog corpse and then he's like uh how long has he been dead which like okay
1: another moment of like them not really being parents if you see that and then you're like okay I gotta get my child that's a good reaction right you're like Mm -hmm. wife is standing where child go Mm -hmm. to the child and then you're like shit my four year old son is dead you don't like carry him up to your wife and be like, and be like "How when long did has he... he been dead, Donna?" You would be like, "Holy shit!" You'd have Donna's reaction of like,
0: "Let's try to like, let's try some CPR. Let's try some help now." Yeah, let's out. let's let's hop in the fucking sheriff's car and use their radio and get a fucking ambulance up here yeah. while my wife does CPR. Like that was all fine.
1: but, Like the first response of just like calmly carrying him out I and mean, being like. How long has he been dead? Like, I would immediately, like, get him out of the car, sure, but, like, on the ground, right in front,
0: like, start Which is going interesting. at it,
1: screaming.
0: Vic has been the more emotional, in-touch-whatever parent, but Donna is by far the more useful parent in this scenario. Vic is yeah. useless.
1: And, like, honestly, hand to your child and letting them believe there are monster's in no your closet isn't very good parenting. Like, Donna no, was right in that, like, she was, like... They're not there. Like, let me prove it to you. Yeah. Like, we just have to keep telling them they're not there. Because <laughs> mm. there's no monsters there. And he's also, like, if uh. the door
0: keeps opening, this is like, this drives me. If the door keeps opening, like, don't assume that your child is opening it himself. Like, get a door stop and yeah. wedge it in there. Or, like, tie it closed on something. Like, Those what are little, you doing? Deadbolts? Just install one on the inside. Yeah. That's like, what do you, it's easy. not yeah and install it like higher than your four-year-old son can reach yeah see that goddamn chair out of his room look at his chair in
1: room
0: also okay why is the teddy bear in the closet and not in the bed
1: yeah
0: okay maybe if your kid was like fucking uh, yeah let's blame the yeah, four-year-old <laughs> it's his fault for being a weird little shit <laughs> that's fine you deserved it. Mean,
1: apparently, no, he was the finished. only thing causing trouble in their lives. And after he dies, they're like, Well, we still love each other, so we're going to stay married. And we'll work through this together. And, like, all of Donna's problems are solved, right? Like, she doesn't have to be a bored mom anymore. And, yeah. Like, Vic's like, I really do love my wife. And it doesn't matter that she cheated on me. I will stand by her forever because I'm so glad she's not dead. And, like, listen. Marriages that aren't on the rocks frequently fall the fuck apart after a child dies. And like yeah. that's very, very normal. Like when a child dies even when it's like they get sick or something. Like a very mm-hmm. normal not normal but like common death, right? Like it completely destroys marriages. Let alone it's like a violent death or a sudden death,
0: the rates of that it's like or you're something not stay like, together. And both like, of the parents blame themselves for Yeah, it. and like that moment was weird at the end where she's like, I
1: blame myself and he's like, You shouldn't, like logically, there's this, this and this. I blame myself. You shouldn't, blah blah blah. Like they just go back and forth and like yeah, and in real life like, they both in like It's yeah, your fucking fault. I'm blaming you. Because my child mm-hmm. is dead and I'm upset and I need to blame yeah. someone.
0: And And I'm not going to blame myself? Are you kidding me? The dog is
1: dead, so, like, that's not good enough for me. Like, you're the parent, you should have killed the dog earlier or something. Like, she shouldn't. Like, I don't think she's at fault in real life, but, like, when you're going through that, it's very normal to blame people unfairly.
0: Yeah. It's very normal. But instead, they're just, like, rationally discussing... Their child being dead. And they're like, yeah. well, it's
1: okay. We'll figure it out. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, it's just like Charity and Brett. Like, I half expected at the end for them to just like get a new baby.
0: Oh my god, yeah, and Charity and like, Brett, like, real talk though. I'm happy for them. Yeah, they're like, like I'm sorry that I...
1: the entire time, and I'm glad yeah. she's getting
0: it. Joe I really terrible. like. Yeah, Joe was awful, and I actually did, like, so I also wrote down that there's this interesting thing of, like, like I was so interested by Brett, like, I wanted to spend more time, I wanted to unpack, like, Brett's whole shit, because, yeah. and his and Charity's relationship is, like, so weird, so Brett, Brett at one point, is so when he and Charity are going away, he's relieved to be away from his dad, and I have a quote from this. It says, um, he would be free to be himself. He would not have to live up to some mysterious ideal of masculinity that he knew his father had achieved, but which he himself couldn't yet even begin to comprehend. And so this book is like taking a stab at pointing out that toxic masculinity is a thing, and that it's like fucking this child up. Yeah. Uh, And that's like, Charity is so worried about... So this is one of the examples of all of these places in the book where a character is like, sure, this situation is absolutely horrible, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because I don't know what else I can do. Um, And Charity's... So Donna is like, yeah, my life is absolutely miserable. What if I just blow it up by having an affair? And Charity's situation is like, yeah my husband is abusive and he's never let me leave home however long we've been married and um, I had to like very carefully manipulate him into letting me get away and I can't honestly talk or connect to my sister um, anymore and whatever but like I'm gonna go back and I'm just gonna have to fight for my son's soul with his shitbag father yeah and it's just very, those sections were very hard to read, and I also, um, I was very interested in, so there's all these moments where Charity hears Brett say things, and, like, hears his father, like, when he speaks. Like, he's very, yeah. he's like, oh, like, Holly, your, her sister's, like, Holly's just, like, showing off her credit cards, and like, oh, that big man, he's like a pencil pusher, he's a lawyer. Holly's husband is a lawyer, and he's like, oh, like, he's a pencil pusher, and, like, he has that big, fancy jukebox, but, like, he doesn't know how to fix it, and there's this weird thing where it's, like, kids don't, like, kids are like sponges, Yeah, and we've talked about this before, like, part of growing older as a kid is learning things and, and empathy and understanding, and so, like, of course this kid has picked up all these things from his piece of shit father. Why would you, it was so, like, Charity deserves so much better, and like, Charity, don't go back. And so in the end, like, this is a weirdly bittersweet ending, because like, yeah. yeah, Charity and Brett get to have this, like, happy ending. Like, their piece of shit father-slash-husband is out of the picture. Like, their money's gonna be a little bit tight, but they're gonna be able to live together. Like, they're getting a new dog who they're actually getting to have his shots this time. Yeah. And, like, like they get a, ha- they get a very happy ending. It's, like, it's very, very happy. Like, it's so happy. It, it's weird. The
1: entire time she talks about how, like, she wishes things were different and, like, she could leave. Like, when she wins the lottery, she's like, if it had been just, like, five times that I could have just left, but, like, then what would I do? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's inertia, right? Like, addiction and, like, being trapped in that, like, that's so much, like, I know I, Mm -hmm. again, I do not struggle with addiction except for my eating disorder, which, like,
0: is an isn't You know, except, except for I, my eating disorder. It's, it's, like,
1: a weird, like, a lot of it mimics each other, but it's, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to claim or come off, like, I really understand, like, the actual addictions that he was going through, and that, like, mm-hmm. are definitely playing a part in this book. But, I mean, it is, like, I was addicted to my eating disorder. Like, I could not stop myself, and, like, it brought me a lot of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pain but like there were so many moments where it's like okay all right okay i know this is that i'm gonna do it i'm gonna like go and i'm gonna get a snack and it's gonna be normal food okay all right so that didn't happen yesterday but like today i am gonna eat two whole meals okay okay so that didn't happen but like <laughs> yeah no and it's, and it's, it's like it's, that with it's me constant. it's like i don't know for mm, me my that's... situation was more related to like charities were like I didn't want to my dad was like hey I've noticed you have a fucking eating disorder and I'm signing you up for this you're gonna go and my dad was like a very tough dude so I was like oh god okay like and I did not the amount of times I like schemed because it was outpatient so like I had to go there every day mm-hmm. in the summer mm-hmm. too It's like not fun and, like, no. I would click elaborate schemes to try to get out of it, or, like, he had to start walking me inside and checking me in, because I would be like, mm. okay, bye! And then just, like, hide in the parking lot, and then leave. Like, after, I was like, I can't do that the first couple of times, because i going to be suspicious, so I'll go mm-hmm. in a couple of times, and then I'll, like, sneak out, and it was like, no. And so, like, with Charity, what it's like, she wasn't gonna. Like, maybe she would have, maybe she wouldn't have. Maybe mm-hmm. I would have sought help on my own. Maybe I wouldn't have. But, mm-hmm. like, something came in, and it's like, hey, this is happening now. Your husband said You have to figure out what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're being forced to do this rehab program. You have to figure it out. And it's like, sometimes that is so good for you. And, like, I knew mean, the thing. It was like,
0: maybe you would have gotten help all on its own maybe he wouldn't have but his friends and family were like no well that's one of the Stop this it. is one of the things is like something that's interesting is um and it doesn't happen for everybody because everyone's experiences are different but one thing that's really really common is like you have this run of experiences and then you have like the one thing that happens and that's like you're like you eventually hit bottom in some form and like I as as these things go I had a relatively shallow one but like it was still a big enough experience it was an experience that I could point to that was like okay this is the clear line of I have fucked this up too much and like I need to stop. You
1: got out of the car and you beat that dog to
0: death. Beat the shit out of that (laughs) dog after like yeah I had this period of like this is bad. I don't know how to stop this. I can't help myself. Like, what am I doing? This yeah. is fucked. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't know how to stop this. I'm just going to keep going. Like, what the fuck is happening? And then finally, I had some sort of event that, like, yeah, shook me out of this. And so, like, for, for Stephen King, it was all of his family being like, your shit's fucked. You need to stop yeah. it. Yeah, so there's there's some like, sort of event that happens. For real happens. your son is about to die. You have to get out of the car.
1: Exactly.
0: And then... And I liked the, like... Mm-hmm.
1: The, the past kind of going. Together. Well, even with like, that sort of
0: that event is like, off. Mm, like not just not just that your son is about to die, but that like someone else showed up, yeah, and they didn't save you, so yeah. you have to do this yourself. Like that's that I think has a lot of power in it too. Is not just like oh, because she was waiting for the mailman to arrive, and like we'll be saved when the mail gets here. Mail never shows up. Like you okay, think, but the sheriff like, is here. That's a sheriff. Like that's that's, that's a, like, he I'm knows what he's great. doing exactly no, and then he's like stumbling to his car with his intestines like spilling out which yeah. is horrible to read so like but like even then there's some sort of event of like there's a there's there's some sort of event that shows up and it's like okay it's go time
1: yeah and I like that like for Charity and Donald like, it doesn't matter how they got to the point like if they kind of like did it themselves or if it was like hey, you're doing this, like, mm-hmm. they're both so much better off, and they both drive, mm-hmm. which is, like, so weird, because, like, again, like, her child died, like, yeah. weird, but,
0: like, she got out of the car, like, her she Her child did died, that. and she was, like, and, like terrorized she, for 72-ish hours yeah. by a rabid dog, and then but, like, her son died, like.
1: She got out of her inertia, and she yeah. had to, like, take the, like, her getting out of the car is, like, the big moment, and not just, like oh, my son's dead now, so, whatever. But, like, either you, like, take the moment and, like, leave your abusive husband, or he happens to die. It's, like, mm-hmm. good, take that, run with it, get out. Like, yeah. If it doesn't matter if, like, with addiction, like, if you guys happen to be having any problems right now with it, um, any way you can get out of it is good. Like, there yeah. is no, really, there's no wrong way to fight addiction, there, uh, other there, than there. other addictions, but, like, yeah, that's not, not really fighting addiction, yeah. that's just replacing addiction, um, mm-hmm. uh, like, however you can get out of it, grab it, and take it, and, like, ride it out of there, and, like, that's the important thing, it's, like, doesn't that charity, like, okay, her abusive husband's dead, but she started dating this other guy who's just as abusive, like, which we do see a lot in King, he loves talking yeah. about, like, abused women who go back to abusers
0: and like mm-hmm. find new
1: abusers afterwards like we'll see that in it and oh it's like, so much she's not doing that she took the opportunity she was like
0: great latch on i'll get a job we're gonna make this work everything's gonna be okay as i was talking about at the start like it's about addiction but very metaphorically yeah um and yeah. i think quite powerfully and so it's really interesting that like like, this book, yeah, this book is, as, as I said in the beginning, like, it's choked with anxiety. Like, everything Don't is talk, worried yeah. about... Everyone is worried about something. So, like, the ghost of Frank Dodd is around, probably, <laughs> and, like, Vic and his job. He is terrified that, like, when he leaves Maine, he's going to die in New York City. Like, Tad is terrorized by a closet monster. Like, Cujo just always wanted to be a good dog, and then he literally loses his mind, and, like, Donna is terrified of confronting Steve. She doesn't want to move to Maine. She doesn't know what to do when she's in Maine. Like, Charity is terrified about Joe and about Brett, and Brett is terrified about what's happening to Cujo, and, like, won't be convinced, and Steve Kemp is, like, so scared about, like, being weak and feeble and getting older, and, like, everyone is terrified about something. Yeah. And, Except like, for
1: Greg. He was
0: not Yeah, well... Whatever. Um, <laughs>
1: but that's interesting. It's like the characters that are actually addicts, because Greg and Joe are both rampant alcoholics, and mm-hmm. like we know that. And like those are the only characters that don't get like massive scenes of anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. Like they'll just
1: like see stuff and be like,
0: "Oh, okay." And then they do get super fucking dead. Yeah,
1: and it's like it's interesting. I don't know what it means, but like it's interesting that those are the only characters that are like actually addicts in the story of addiction. Also, they're so repulsive. Oh my god, there's the
0: worst. Oh. They oh, are, So like... many scenes of them peeing. <laughs> and, like... Also, can we just talk about the fact that the mailman is just farting constantly? <laughs>
1: god, he lifts up his leg
0: to Like do a it. dog
1: peeing. It's so weird. Yeah. Oh.
0: Um, anyway.
1: and, like, yeah, it's the only... It's the non... Addicts who are acting out the phases of addiction, and I mm-hmm. wonder if it's because Stephen like couldn't actually write that story where like actual addicts are are getting through it, or if he like wanted to make sure it was very sympathetic, or if he wanted to keep mm-hmm. it very metaphorical. Like he was like, let's keep it loose, so everyone can really. It's hard to tell because again, he doesn't remember writing it, so like we can't. And get any also,
0: <laughs> and also, he's very like. I just wrote the thing. Like, who cares what it means? Yeah. But it's like, you do, secretly. Secretly. What were you
1: trying to go for here? Yeah. There's gotta be, like, something in it where he was like, well, I thought, like, it would be more interesting
0: to look at addiction through the lens of of who isn't actually addicted. I mean, that's the thing is, like... Hold on, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> yeah. As someone... As someone, gross. <laughs> Listen, trying to lay I'm not gonna not gonna yuck your yum of what you do in your free time. But on this podcast, <laughs> I will ask you to keep your <laughs>
1: I sneeze kink.
0: Yeah, your sneeze kink to a minimum, if not entirely absent. Although to your credit, this is the first time it's come up. So, <laughs> damn it, I guess I guess I'll allow it. All right. No, then.
1: I'll take the note.
0: Huh. You know, I can take criticism. Unlike certain stupid things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, crap. <Christ. laughs>
0: Ooh, look what we did. I did allegedly of um, that. It did not stick, but... It's whatever, man. We're just doing our best. I
1: learned to take criticism about my body.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Emotionally, though. I'm very sensitive, still. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're beautiful. You're golden. Um... What was I saying? God damn it. Um, Oh, shit. Oh, yes, okay. So, I would be interested to know to what degree, like... So, in his memoir, he's like, you know, I wish that I could remember writing it, but I don't really remember it. And, like, listen... I've had blackouts in my day. I understand that like when you do substances, it impacts your brain. But I also think that this is probably a very horrible and traumatic part of his life that he doesn't really want to talk to the public about. So I would be very interested to know to what degree he has an awareness of like the state he was in when he was writing the book and like of what he does remember of his life. Like what was he what was what was the vibe? Yeah. <laughs> and like, what were like? So I, I would really be curious to know.
1: Did he feel the whole
0: time? Did he have these feelings of lack of control? Like, is that why this is here, or is it like? Like he's he's willing to talk about his process and what he was bringing to the story and what he was trying to do. Like, he's done that with The Shining, he's done that with other books. Like, that is a thing that he talks about. But I understand, like, I absolutely understand that he wouldn't want to talk about that with this one, if indeed, like, to what, to whatever degree he can remember it. Like, I understand not wanting to share that with the public, um, but I would just be very curious to know.
1: Yeah. If he ever wanted to share that, I would... I would read the fuck out of that article.
0: I would be fascinated. Just cause yeah. this
1: is such an- and it's really- it's resonated with so many people. And like, so it's just kind of- I just wanna know, like, was he intending for it to resonate, or was it like, mm-hmm. haha, dog sick, snort, or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've- I've only done cocaine once. I don't really know what it's like to do things on it. Don't do cocaine. <laughs> okay? Don't do cocaine. Listen to me, guys. Especially if you have any problems with depression, you need to stay away from cocaine. Or addiction. Yeah. Uh, Nobody should
0: ever do cocaine, right? Just don't. Don't. Just don't. But... Don't. Especially... PSA from Listen, Steven, Steven, listen. Don't do cocaine. (laughs) Yeah. Even if it's a little bit, okay? If you are looking for a sign as an addicted person... To try and overcome that inertia and you're listening to this show. God bless you and this is your sign. You can do it. It can be done. It can and it should. Go do it. There's
1: there's anyway. so much out there and like it really is very I'm thinking of like the part where um Chastity is thinking about Chastity. Joe.
0: Chastity? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Different virtue. <laughs> I don't
1: that. <laughs> You know, it's, like, slightly different. <laughs> mm, so. um, Charity, God bless. Uh, she's thinking about Joe, and she's, like, and, you know, like, sometimes it's perfectly fine. Even sometimes he's, like, very tender. And, like, that is a real thing where, like, I would be, like, well, sometimes I'm, like, completely functional. hmm And, like, sometimes it is actually good for me that I'm doing this. And, like, yeah, I'm more... I like I know especially with alcoholism like it's really common to be like this actually makes me more creative so it's a good thing that's also a very real part of like being in this relationship but I liked that element of like when you're reading it in this light there are so many
0: little moments where you're like oh yeah uh uh-huh I remember that mm, yeah that's something so we talked about this with The Shining like I do think that this is a very good book yeah we should mention like we've talked about this is a better like this is a better book than the stand this is it's more together it's coherent like whatever yeah it's in spite of his issues And regardless of whether or not it is, like, whatever relationship it has to Stephen King's substance abuse issues, what is so much more important is that he got help for them, and that the people who loved him and surrounded him were like, this isn't okay, get your shit together, and then he went and got his shit together. So, like, I think, I just want to put it out there that, like... We shouldn't sit around pontificating about the role that his substance abuse issues played in making his great works because no one should have to deal with that shit. Yeah. And
1: uh, he made incredible works while sober. Yes, so that too. So he would have made incredible works if he had sober the entire time. I,
0: lo- I like this book a lot. For example, I think The me. Stand would have been a lot better. <laughs> a lot fucking better, right? Um, and shorter.
1: I, like, still sell so it He is He's sometimes completely incoherent with these dead sober writing books. Like Kujo is great and it meant a lot to me at a really difficult time and I don't mm-hmm. think it would be able to touch on that if he didn't experience addiction, right? Yeah. But also yeah. here's the thing. That would've been fine. If Cujo didn't exist
0: It, it would be fine.
1: fine. I still would have gotten fine. through rehab. Also, what's more important? Being there for your family or writing a book? It's it should be your family. Just anything, yeah. in case anyone's playing along at home. Like, it should be that you are there for your wife and children and able to take part in their life. That's more important yeah. than being a best-selling novelist. Hot take. Hot and spicy. Men, your careers are not more important than, like, the safety and happiness of your family. That was a Stephen hot. Pile Pile of takes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just We just All kept right. snacking that clapboard. Take well, after take after take. Spicy and hot, piping fresh and zesty for you, dear listener. Is that what you call it just flat uh, a, a slate. A slate. Slate. Slate, yes. Cause it used to be an actual slate. Yeah. Now I know things. Um bingo. Oh god, yeah. We pull it up. I, oh. I did not get the chance to pre do.
1: My partner's parents are in town. I didn't either. It's just it's been like a long couple of weeks. Yeah, I can imagine.
0: I've been to Ikea twice in two days. It's I think that's too many. I love IKEA, but like I'm I think green. twice in three days. Yes, but twice in two days. Yes. I have like space day after work
1: both times, so it's like oh no. IKEA, oh
0: no, which is weird. IKEA after dark—that would be a good place to have your Ooh. like evil villain. I would love Ikea. that. Two places for people to hide, though. No, IKEA is the good zone. IKEA is is the hero zone. Yes. The parking lot is where I meet <laughs> enemies. Yes. We just shut the
1: whole thing down. Uh, um, if you are our, on our Patreon, yeah. you can listen to us talk about the best options for an apocalypse where you would set up, and if you were a dictator, how you would form it.
0: What hats indeed. would they
1: wear? All or that information could be yours if you just
0: donate to our Patreon. Yes, indeed patreon.com slash listen steven anyways bingo so bingo um i'm gonna put bully extremely cruel and abusive or neglectful parents do we have any maggots or rotting corpses they describe the animal corpses yeah but i don't does that not count i don't think it was like as gross as that's fair that's fair but i don't know for sure if there were any maggots mm-hmm uh, animal cruelty slash gra- death is certainly graphically described. Character speaks in a phonetic accent, they get a phrase or a song lyric in their head, they have an addiction, it's got that stream of consciousness internal monologue. Reference to another king work. Do we have a description of women's nipples in this? We have descriptions of breasts.
1: Yeah, but I don't remember nipples. I was so many when- though. So many
0: erections, though. I was irked when Donna hopped out of the car and it described what her boobs were doing in the bra, and I was like, now is not the time, Steven. Yeah, she's about to Beat a rabid animal to death. Like, I'm not hopping out of the car and thinking about my titties. I don't don't care how much blood she has on her titties. I care about how much blood she's about to
1: have on her hands. Get fucked, Cujo.
0: Get (laughs) fucked rabies, really. I don't like Cujo. Yeah, uh, he just was trying to be a good dog.
1: Oh, and like that element of addiction where it's like all Aww. I want to do is like be a good daughter, be a good friend.
0: Yeah, and like I be a functioning human person.
1: Possessed by this like evil thing that's like, mm-hmm. hey, you can't trust
0: anyone. No, hey, they're all up to get mm-hmm. you. Hey, hey, better. I would have a them. bingo if we had a magical Negro character. I. But we do not. So I have bully is
1: extremely cool. Yes. Um villains slash monsters uses racist sexist slurs. There were definitely a couple moments in Steve Kemp's Oh yeah. Inner dialogues that he was pretty fucking sexist. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess. Also, uh Joe and Gary both use some pretty racist language. Yeah. And I consider them monsters. Any man who beats his wife is a monster. But Kujo doesn't not because he's a dog, so he doesn't have that vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? We get like Poop Jones POB and he's like, this fucking whore. Oh my god. Terrible. Um, then I have Free Space. Then yes. I have Villain rapes a character or fantasizes about doing so against Steve Kemp. Steve Kemp, garbage human. And character gets a phrase or a song lyric stuck in their head. It's all a yes. couple times.
0: There you go. So I do it. Mm hmm. Also, the precocious child did shit. He did jack He disappeared shit. He from the narrative. He became a lamp. And then yeah. the lamp died. Usually the, the precocious child, with psychic visions, saves them all.
1: And this time yeah. he was just like, Well, Mom, why aren't you doing anything? Why isn't the can car have, starting? Can I have
0: some milk?
1: And like, I mean, he's that's a very realistic portrayal of the four-year-old. The four-year-old would just be screaming about how they want to leave.
0: And That's the mom
1: true. has to be like, "Honey, here's some logic, which helps like There was only logic.
0: there I'm was only on. one there was only one slap to a hysterical person in this, and I felt it was reasonable because the person doing the slapping was also hysterical.
1: Yeah, you make bad choices when
0: you're uh, trapped, losing your goddamn
1: mind <laughs> when you're fucking dying. Um, yeah. Also, while well, you are
0: in the throes of, yes, that too. You know. So. I would say read Cujo. Cujo is very good. I would also it say is. read it,
1: but if you are or have had struggles with addiction, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be aware of it. You might get kind of, depending on where you're at, could get a little funky. I found it very helpful for me personally while I was going through it.
0: Uh, but you know, but different know for that everyone, it's not for everybody. <laughs> I wouldn't read it on the beach. I would read it on the beach, actually. Really. I would.
1: You wouldn't read The Long
0: Walk on the beach, but you'd read this on the beach? Because, you know, because... Like, at least in this one, they get out of the car, and they live happier lives. Yeah, that's true. Plus, like, The Long Walk is literally just about a bunch of, like, teenage boys walking to their death. Like, that's explicitly and subtextually what it is about. Yeah. Versus this one, like there's a lot of anxiety and what have you and it's kind of horrible to read, but I I also don't have the strong emotional connection to it that you do. Yeah. I have some recommendations. Yeah, go ahead. So, the recommendation that I thought of as you were speaking um, earlier on in the episode that I announced is the Netflix miniseries Russian Doll. Um, Because that is about... I, apparently from my limited understanding of philosophy, it is based on the philosophical stylings of Kierkegaard, and involves, um, the concept of a leap to faith, um, a leap into faith, and it is, um, it has, what is her name, Natasha Leone of Orange is the New Black and But I'm a Cheerleader fame, um, yeah. It's great and it is um, one of the like, Groundhog Day concepts, but it does very interesting things with it and features a character who um, is feeling very sort of nihilistic and hopeless and um, is about how she deals with and grows into the concept of being alive and what that means.
1: Um,
0: And there's a great relationship with her and another character who is also super concerned with notions of control and how that intersects with her life, his life and living in general. So it's great. I would recommend that. I would also recommend, if you want to learn more, so the cereal that causes the red dye issue in this book is called Red Raspberry Zingers and in real life uh this phenomenon actually happened with Frankenberry cereal, um, and if you want to learn more about Frankenberry cereal and its relationship to horrendously colored poops, I would recommend listening to the Sawbones podcast episode called Frankenberry Stool, which is about that very thing. Um, I would also just recommend Sawbones in general. It is um, Justin McElroy and his wife, Dr. Sydney Smarl McElroy, um, wherein she talks about the medical history of a thing, and he makes a lot of really good dumb jokes. So those would be my recos. Do you have any sort of reco, I Madier?
1: didn't, coming into it, um, I think... I have like Kind of a weird one About addiction Do it Other than Please Like there are so many Reasons out there if you are There familiar, are eating disorders With addiction Give a helpline call They are actually Very helpful I've never thought They'd actually be helpful If they are Like when you call them mm-hmm. uh, As I mentioned A couple of times before I am A very frequent listener To Murder Which is a true Crime colony podcast uh, It's very popular You've probably all Heard of it been, like, years. Mm-hmm. They're both very, very funny, the co-hosts, Georgia Hartstark and Karen Pierre, and they have both had problems with addiction and eating disorders in the past. Partially why I like it, they talk very candidly about it, but they wrote a memoir, and in it they go into more depth about it, and so it's that kind of, like, they are talking about their addiction, and they're giving, like, very good answers, but they also, like, are very funny people. So it's a way of talking about addiction or thinking about it that isn't, like, I find for me, reading books that are just straight up about addiction that are written by like a psychologist, very difficult for me to get through. Like I've tried to read some like more serious text about eating disorders to try to like figure my shit out. Mm. But uh, I can't get through them, they make me freak out. And this is like, these are real people, you know they've actually gone through this. Um, And they are very funny, but it's very like introspective and very sweet. And it made me genuinely feel better oh, yeah, like, this didn't happen to me because I'm, like, I fundamentally suck. Here are these incredible, smart, hilarious women, and it happened to them, too. Like, this is just something that happens. Uh, like, there are factors to it, but, like, there's nothing wrong here. Like, it's okay. We got past it. You're not a fundamentally flawed person for getting into this. And I just really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. The podcast is not for everyone because it is about murder. Uh,
0: several of them. Two every yes. episode, in fact. And sometimes yes. more.
1: Uh, for all that
0: we do a Stephen King book review podcast, which often is quite grisly and involves a lot of murder, I'm really not a true crime person. Yeah, because so it's happened. It's not people. for me.
1: They are my favorite one. They're very pathetic and, like, keep it very, like... Like, they talk about Ted Bundy and they're just like, he was an asshole. There's no mystery. He's <laughs> just a piece of <laughs> he just shit. just wanted to kill women. It just sucks. Uh, so it's my favorite. But it was, like, it was a very... Good memoir. Usually I find like celebrity memoirs to be phoned in. Tiresome. Quite a bit, yeah. They're just like, eh, ghostwriter, go ahead. But like, mm-hmm. they actually wrote it and like actually put effort into it. And it made me feel better about my past experiences. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Also, you know. If you want to read a book where someone talks about addiction issues and have a fun time, read like anything by Carrie Fisher ever.
1: Oh my god, Carrie Fisher incredible writer like she has so many merits but also her writing is so good and fun
0: also she was like a script editor
1: yeah like for years she's seen so many
0: movies Mm
1: -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. like she has many had many many merits right carrie Fisher is incredible a zillion but also phenomenal writer like Mm -hmm. so good at it and so good at, at keeping you there with her Mm-hmm. while writing uh, so many movies would have been so much worse if it they would have been her. garbage and she got like no credit mm-hmm. right like she'd get like a little note in the credits but like
0: she deserved so much mm. more credit she saved so many movies she did including I think like one of the OG Star Wars I'm pretty sure yeah I know she had like input I think she had input on like Empire Yeah. Anyway. But incredible. Yeah, she does a great job um, Mm -hmm. with addiction.
1: Another really inspiring, real person who lived through it and, like, got through it. And, like, it's okay.
0: Like, it's Mm -hmm. gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. She talked her sister act. Nice. Also, she uh what do you call it she also um was very open about her struggles with addiction and her bipolar disorder yeah
1: very so, open. like if you
0: have mental health issues and addiction issues which so often intersect hmm who could have foreseen that um anything by carrie fisher ever yeah tune in next time for <laughs> what are we doing next next time we're gonna go part one different seasons and then we'll do part two it's very long indeed so, so, so we technically we're going to do parts 1 and 2 and then parts 3 and 4 but whatever I'm a pedantic dickhole so it's whatever I
1: mean no. it's going to be okay it's going
0: to be fine we're anyway gonna do I have to go at people. Great. great murderous evil Nazis can't wait to get more of those it'll be a thing uh, so join us next time. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at listen underscore Stephen. Uh, you can email us. Please think about it. Um, we'd love to hear from you to mm-hmm. listenstevenpod at gmail.com. You can also support the show and get fun aforementioned bonus content um, at patreon.com slash listensteven. You can follow me, Margo, on Twitter at whattofoxchat.com. W-H-A-T-T-E-H-F-O-X-T-R-O-T. Thank you, as always, to Lena Orsa for our intro and outro music. Um, And if you like the show, please think about rating us or even better, leaving a little review for us on iTunes so that more people can find us. I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Keep it spooky.